Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports Radio 66, the fan, WFAN, New o'clock on the fan on a throwback Thursday with the Nets taking over the FM. And if you listen to the Brooklyn Net game and you flipped over to AM, I say to you, I apologize. I apologize that my basketball team sucks this badly. I apologize that they're this inept. I apologize that the next season is down the drain and they took your Thursday afternoon and confused you. I apologize. But I also want to thank the Brooklyn Nets because the Nets didn't have to split the signal today, and they did. So as much as that organization drives me nuts because they stink and they cause my life to be painful as a fan, I do appreciate that they allowed us to have a throwback Thursday. Yeah, but it would have sucked to come on for an hour and ten minute show. Yeah, after a net loss. <laughs> that would have been painful, but it is 5 o'clock. Here. Cinco de Fivo with Evan and Tiki on the fan. Cinco de Fivo is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere, and by Wendy's. Try the new pretzel baconator today. All right, in honor of Throwback Thursday, 6.60 a.m., our home on WFAN forever. Mm. I'm going to give you the best number sixes in New York sports history. Hmm. All right? The best number sixes? Yeah. Uh, why not? Let's have some fun. No, number five. Let jump off the top of his head. By the way, you're going to see weak number in this town. All right. Tyson Chandler. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm going to have to fact check him on this. because this, You can. He's totally leaving people off. You can. All right. Three productive years for the Knicks, two of which he nearly averaged a double-double during, I guess, the fun years of the Knicks with Carmelo. Right. Tyson Chandler makes the list. Wow. That's a sad state of yeah. affairs. Yeah. That's what he makes. Number four. Wally Backman. Wow, Wally Backman. From 84 to 86, he wore number six, productive stick in the lineup, and maybe, just maybe, someday he'll be the Met manager. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we today, and we didn't do this today, talked about some of the endless topics at WFAN over the years, topics that will never go away. One of the endless topics that really kind of, I'd say mid-2000s, Tiki, was the biggest thing was the idea of Wally Backman managing the New York Mets. Like, any time the Mets... But why? Because he's feisty, Tiki. Okay. And he was on the 86 team. But why does that make him a good manager? Well, that would be my retort 100% (laughs) of the time. (laughs) That was just a nostalgia for Mets fans. Number three. Bless your heart, Joe. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez, yeah. Hey, listen. He quarterbacked... Back-to-back, Maybe the most inept franchise in this town to -to back-to-back AFC title games. Sorry, makes the list at number six. I think that... number three, wearing number six. I think at times, <laughs> time heals all wounds, and time makes somebody better when you appreciate them. And Mark Sanchez is one of those guys. When you look back at his time here and the fact that this team won and they had some success, yeah, I totally agree with you. Has made Mark Sanchez look better than maybe what we thought about him yeah. a decade ago. Right. Number two, number six, Kenyon Martin. Ah, my mm. man, Kmart. Not the Knicks, Kenyon Martin. That Nets, Kenyon Martin. Once upon a time, the Netsies won a lottery. Okay, and yep. he became a successful number two running mate, power forward, the Jason Kidd's Nets, and back-to-back Eastern Conference champs. He was a dog before Tommy Lugauer knew what a dog was on the NBA court. Now nah, he was, and they lost him. He left as a free agent to sign with Denver. The Nets used those assets to trade for Vince Carter. And I remember when Kenyon came back as a nugget, he got one of the biggest ovations I think a net player has ever gotten in returning, something that Kevin Durant won't hear in a couple of weeks. He hmm. was one of my uh, AIM screen name. Kmart? Yeah, I had Shockey for Prez 80, and then I had <laughs> Kmart Special 66. That's interesting. Didn't he get the flu Why in the game? 66? Well, because Kmart Special 6 was taken. 
Against the yeah. Spurs in the NBA Finals? <laughs> we, we don't talk about Game yeah. 6 of the NBA oh, Finals. We don't. Oh, no. I thought that was part of this. No. Nope. Sorry. Nope. No. Number one. It's Joe Torre. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the, that's the number course. one. Yeah. I mean, he's a manager wearing yeah. the number six for the Yankees, but still four-time world champ. Joe Torre is the best number six, and during the heyday of the 660 era as well. I Were there know. any other options that you left off the list? I mean, if I really wanted to go inside uh, baseball here, Doug Lidster of the 94 Rangers mm. as, a, as a guy, as a sixth defenseman. Mm. But uh, there was a guy who played for the Knicks, all due respect. I wasn't alive for the, or not really into the 80s Knicks, who played on them for like seven years but that was like another guy of fringe. Sorry, 36 mm. years old. This is what makes the list. All right. All right. You know what I'm doing tonight? I'm looking yeah. at all the number sixes yeah, in New York great. sports history to fact check them. Can't wait for that tweet at 1 a.m. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. All right. Taking a 5 every day at 5 o'clock is the other thing I did last night just to end an argument that Tiki wanted to pick with me over and over again is I always <laughs> felt. You actually did this? I did. I always <laughs> felt that the Kansas City Chiefs were like a cousin of the Jets mm. in terms of. Ineptitude. Ineptitude. Like the Jets won Super Bowl three. Made the playoffs the following year and then had a generation of sucking and losing horrible playoff games. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl the following year, made the playoffs, and had the exact same thing. And until Mahomes was drafted or Andy Reid took over, it depends really what line of demarcation you want to use. Yeah. The Jets and the Chiefs were exactly the same. And Tiki kept fighting with me, kept right. bringing it up on the well, air. Only because I look at the Andy Reid side of it. Because once Andy Reid took over, this is pre-Mahomes. They were good. Yeah, so I mean, they didn't. Look, they had double digit wins in every, and they still do, except for one of his seasons. Yeah, here's why you're still crazy. Here's why you're still wrong. Go ahead. With all due respect, let's hear it. And I'll do this very quickly. Please do. Until the year Mahomes took over the following year, okay? Mm -hmm. After the Chiefs had their Super Bowl win and postseason appearance, they played 20 postseason games and went four and 16. The New York Jets between 1971 and 2010, so to this date, yep. played 22 playoff games and were 10 and 12. They're actually better, Not but they played almost the same amount of playoff games. The Jets won three divisional titles. The Chiefs won five divisional titles. The Jets won to three championship games. The Chiefs went to one. <laughs> then Mahomes takes over. Obviously, they're in a championship game every year. Yeah. They're hosting. So, okay, but, but they were the same. Okay, but, but my point was how many of those seasons. In between the playoffs and everything else that you mentioned in the postseasons, how much? How many of those seasons were just terrible? Like you know, five wins, four wins. The Chiefs didn't have a ton of those, whereas the Jets did. So I'm evaluating it more in the minutia. You're talking about the ultimate goal, which is getting to the playoffs and winning a championship. So we will settle this argument because it cannot go any further. Into I was right. Yes. Are we going with that one? I give you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> if you, it makes you shut up. Yes, yeah, you're right. I'll take the L on that one. Thank you very much. Uh, real quick, before we get to the running back free agent market that is going to piss off Saquon Barkley. I didn't even realize it till you said it. Yeah, it's very deep, and we'll discuss it. Sean has suggested that we as football fans, we don't deserve to watch bad weather football anymore. That we need to have a dome on every stadium in the NFL because it's too cold for Sean. There's too much snowy snow for Sean. So I was curious if the people agreed with him. Let's go to Tony in Fairfield, New Jersey. What's up, Tony? Gentlemen, Sean has got the screw loose. <laughs> okay. 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 How about the 82 Chargers? Yep. You know what? If, if Fouts and those guys wanted to go to the Super Bowl, then have a better record than the Bengals, and they didn't. That's right. How about, how about every time you turn on a channel, you see the replays of the ice ball? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. it's football. I respect the concussions and all the stuff about, listen, I'm an old guy. I'm 60 years old. Yeah. Of hitting, yeah. wrecking people. Yeah. I get it. Like, it has to change a yeah. little bit. Not but really, but yeah. you got to keep something with football. Yeah, you got to get gotta, the, yeah, you gotta get the head stuff out. Like, the concussions are bad. Obviously, yes. Right, and then... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It, it, the, long, the downstream damage from that is bad, but the contact isn't. Exactly. Those two things, right. obviously, we want to make this game safer without taking away what makes the game great. And his old grizzly voice, he's just reminding you what we all should know. That a long time ago, before climate change, <laughs> before the seasons pushed back, or whatever lame excuse you want to come up with for why there's more bad weather, there's always been bad weather! The ice ball, the freezer ball. There was a Cardinals-Eagles NFL championship game from the 40s in which they played in a blizzard. Yeah. Wasn't it a regular season game, mm-hmm. the snowball game in Philly? I got an idea. Maybe I got an idea. Just move the goalpost to the front of the end zone. We can <laughs> oh, stop the stop. forward pass. Since we can't evolve, apparently. <laughs> Terrible. Let's go to Ronnie and Tom's River. Hey, Ronnie. What's up, Ronnie? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Uh, I need to address Mr. Softy, a.k.a. Sean Marash over here. Love Does it. I love Mr. Softy. Does this guy forget that two out of the four Super Bowls that the Giants won came out the expects of winning in Lambeau and then bankrolling that into San Francisco in these bad weather games? And this freaking guy has the nerve to say, it's too cold. <laughs> it's too cold, Sean. Do I need to remind Ronnie that Lawrence Times missed two field goals because the weather was too freaking cold and the game could have been over way earlier? <laughs> we had unnecessary agita because the game yeah, was nobody, cold. Nobody even remembers that. Of course not. Of yeah, and the second Lambo game in 11, it was over 32 degrees. <laughs> Let's go to Dustin in Staten Island. How are you, Dustin? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I couldn't disagree with Sean anymore. <laughs> yeah, Sean, I think you're on the wrong side of your eyes. The only argument is the the fans of the better team because you're scared they're gonna lose. But if you're really a fan, you want you you want to beat them rain, snow, sleet, or hell, and you want to dominate. Uh, I just can't see any way that would really affect how the way you look at the game. Okay. Mm. Ask Bills fans this Monday when Josh Allen turns the ball over four times and Mason Rudolph beats them because they have a better running game. Do you think they're gonna blame the weather? They won't because they're men. But we can have an honest conversation and say, you know what? Man, the Bills really should put a dome on their new stadium. <laughs> no, you should build your team around the stadium and the conditions that you're in. Like, if you play at a windy stadium. That's a good point, Ev. Thank you. Right? If you're if you're Thank in a you. bad weather city, you mm-hmm. better have a good running back and a good, and that, a good offensive but line. But this is my point. How many games do you ultimately play in that weather? Two or three at the end of the year. Yeah, so but, you may not be playing that style in the new age NFL in September, it, October, matters, November. Though. You may, Those games may not matter at I the mean, end. Yeah, but I, I think, well, if you're a good enough team, it will matter. Because the challenge for any coach is to be in meaningful games in December. And if you get to that point and the weather is now, you know, put this in quotes, on your side, and you've built yourself to do that, to, to win in those situations you have an advantage right and it's it's not a it's not a, like a you can't predict the advantage but it is an advantage and so why not take advantage of it i would do that without a doubt build my team if i was in buffalo uh, to have a cold weather advantage running backs that are good yeah. offensive linemen that you know are tough and mean and they don't care about you know the cold you have to do that absolutely and while we're beating up Sean, how about a number 6 that he missed from Uh-oh. renato and new rochelle what's up renato 
How, how are you? How do you guys miss Ken Morrow of the Islanders? Ken Morrow, what are you doing? Why are you so anti-hockey, Sean? I'm not anti-hockey. I don't count the Islanders as a professional franchise. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. If you don't want to include hockey. Did you include any hockey? Did you even look at any hockey? I did. I looked. I made sure I I checked off my Rangers. I don't care about the Islanders. Well, you have to count it. If you want to do a Cinco de Five, you can't just pick the teams that you like. I didn't just pick the team. I don't like You said Devils. you didn't count the Islanders. I Who gave you, you more. Count oh, the wait. Islanders. I'm the noted biggest Jet hater here, and I gave you Mark Sanchez at three. No, then explain to me why the Islanders don't count, but the Jets do. I want you to explain that to me, Long Islander. Tell me. Explain to you? Yeah, why don't you explain to me? Go ahead. When I did the research before the show, I, in my own head, forgot the Devils and Islanders existed. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know what you should do? Watch yes. this. This go, is going to Go look it up. No, no, watch this. Okay, this is going to really pop. Yeah. Let's see. Watch this. Maybe you should show up earlier. <laughs> you show up earlier, maybe you'll have more time to do research. You won't screw that up. <laughs> By the way, our audience, our audience is also pointing out that there's another six that was left off the list. Who's that? Met legend, Ruben Gautet. <laughs> okay. We'll let that one go. This, has Tiki ever heard of Ruben? Has Sean no. ever heard of Ruben Gotai? Ruben Gotai. Or Gotai. It was Gotai, see him. Yeah, Ruben Gotai. Oh, excuse me, I don't remember Ruben Gotai. By the way, do you have the glass for the breaking news? Or no, I don't. Sorry. Okay. Oh, we have breaking news? We do. All right, we break do. that glass. Let's see. Give me one more. The Giants have already hired their O-line coach. Who? Okay. They have hired Carmen Brasillo, the Raiders O-line coach that just worked under Antonio Pierce. Mm. There you go. Is know any... nothing about him, but maybe Pierce, a little bridge to be the D.C.? Mm. What I wonder about with Antonio Pierce, I like Antonio Pierce, and I think that the Raiders should hire him to be their head coach. Like, obviously, Jim Harbaugh is a a logical target, and I would not be disgusted by the Raiders doing that. Jim Harbaugh is one of the most attractive free agents out there if we assume he's a free agent. But that could be problematic. I'll I'll let you finish, and then I'll, you know... All, all I was going to say is, if you don't land Jim Harbaugh, you should make Antonio Pierce the head coach. He's earned it. Yeah, but what's I mean, problematic now? So the problematic thing, and I only kind of know this because we did in one of their games, is this team, like the players, Devontae uh, Adams and uh, Josh Jacobs and like the Max Crosby, the guys that we talked to, they love Antonio Pierce. Yes, right. They they the the culture change was immediate and. He had to grow into learning how to be a head coach. We talked about this earlier. In fact, he told us that he had daily, not like weekly or biweekly, but daily conversations with Marvin Lewis and Tom Coughlin mm. just to just to learn. And so, right, he's putting in the work to be a better head coach. But it's but I, I'm talking specifically about who he is and how he presents and like this real energy. And if you bring in Jim Harbaugh, who's a great coach, not knocking his coaching acumen at all. Jim's a quirky dude and a different kind of guy. He's had success everywhere he's gone. But I wonder what, the, like that, it's such a dichotomy between who Antonio Pierce is yeah. and who well, Jim Harbaugh is. Now, maybe it doesn't matter, but I feel like this team has gotten to love and and I kind of I anticipate that AP is going to be their head coach. That almost makes it, and this is tricky, and this is where Davis, Mark Davis, should right. just hire Antonio Pierce. If they don't hire Antonio Pierce, whoever gets that job is in a very tough spot because you've got star players, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, like you talked about, mm-hmm. that have already sworn allegiance to yes. it should be AP. And they've done it publicly. And they've done it publicly, and it makes whoever gets that job, if it's not Antonio Pierce, including somebody like Jim Harbaugh, they're put in a tough spot because most of the time when a coach is fired, players are like, yeah, finally. <laughs> that guy's a schmuck. I'm but glad they, he's gone. They've already screwed Pierce because by not just naming him the head coach, his but staff is allowed to walk but away and leave. Could, but they couldn't. They had to. They have to go through the process. But that's the that's the crappy side of Do the. They F- no, they don't. They could have to. Well, you, they could take, you could take the interim tag off, but they didn't. Right. So after, if you let the season go, you you have to go through the process. So it's it's just part of their rules, their bylaws. But you're right. They should have taken the interim tag off, and then just kind of like. Um, Todd Bowles. That's how Todd Bowles got right. the job with with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right, right, right. Uh, Bruce Arians waited until the season, you know, really the hiring season was over, and then he retired. And so they just kind of had to give it to Todd Bowles on an interim basis, and they just took the interim tag off. But this process had already gone through. The Raiders are going to screw I, this. Up. I mean, does they it feel us. like it? Yes, it really does. Yeah, it now, feels like they're going to. And this here's the up. thing: if they don't hire Antonio Pierce and they think they're going to get Jim Harbaugh, and then they don't get Jim Harbaugh, and then they're just grasping at straws, 
that's where it really gets off the rails. Oh, no doubt. No question about it. By the way, this is a really good point by Billy in Stanford, Connecticut. Billy, tell everybody the idea you have, because it's actually a creative one that Sean should have done. Good point. Yeah, actually, I can't believe that he didn't do it. He's kind of brain dead, and honestly, he's an idiot. <laughs> I, came up with it in, I came up with it in five minutes. So right. I don't know how he didn't do it. Yeah, but really? I have the top five Belichick moments against New York sports teams. And uh, quick heads up, they're all against the Jets. All right, do you want to you wanna present it to us? Uh, yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Number five. Number five is, of course, Belichick riding on the napkin, not taking the Jets job, and going to the Patriots. That's number five. Solid number five. Number four. The response to Spygate, doing a lot of uh, very good winning over in New England. Mm. Seemed to spark right him that. when Eric Mangini tried to blow the whistle on him. Number three. I would just say the 15-game winning streak. I know it's not one moment, but that's, you know, it's a pretty significant thing. Collection of things. 15 of them, to yeah. be exact. Okay. Number two. I don't know if you guys have seen the clip going around, but when he did the intentional penalties, when he was up 30 <laughs> I saw nothing. that. I yes. saw that. Yes, yes, And yes. the Jets declined it. Yes, I do remember <laughs> yes. that one. Yes. Yes. Jumped off sides. Number declined it again. one. And, of course, number one, and he was actually one of uh, Sean's picks for – Distinct of Fivo. Number six, Mark Sanchez running into the butt of the grace. I don't know who it was. Brandon Moore. Mm -hmm. Fumbling. The butt fumble, number one. You know what, Billy? I give you a lot of credit. Thank you for the call. First of all, I want to defend Sean because I think he's taken too much of a beating in the last 10 minutes. Yes. He's not an idiot. He's not that fat. But you didn't get shrapnel from Bad Tiki. I'll wait till next week. <laughs> you, he did get trapped up when you called Bad Tiki's hotline number that he gave out. What was it again? Eight four four Bad Tiki. Bad Tiki. Yeah, if you call eight four four Bad Tiki, where he gives out these Bad Tiki picks, they're actually pretty good picks. They're not bad picks, but that's where he got the shrap now. That's a very good idea. I don't agree with that list, but also number four wasn't a New York moment. What was that? Number four, he said these are going to be the best Bill Belichick moments in New York. The response to Spygate is not a New York moment. The reason, no, no, because me and Jeannie's the one that opened it up. So from that aspect. And it wasn't a former Jet employee who then was working at the league office who was like running around in New England like, we got you. We got you. (laughs) It was clearly a setup. I'm going to think about that list. Maybe I'll make my own for tomorrow, a Cinco de Evo. Oh, God. And all the Cinco de Evo. Oh, there's too many of them, so I have to cut down. Cinco de Evo. If you want to just do the segment of five, do the segment of five. First base, Bugs Bunny. Second base, Bugs Bunny. I I like the Cinco de Evo because I like hearing Loogie do the intro. Oh, the voiceover work. The voiceover that that Loogie does for the Cinco de Evo is just outstanding. Nah, but Sean's right. I don't want to threaten and step on his Cinco de Favo. It's become very popular. You're not threatened at all? I'm not threatened. (laughs) Okay. I'm not threatened. But you don't have the voice of... One Tommy Luga. I'm trying to find a dick. <laughs> Technically, I'm, I'm everybody like... thinks we have the same exact voice, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's true. Well, how about you give a Cinco de Evo? Cinco de Evo on the fan. Cinco de Evo on Evan and Tiki on the fan. Cinco de Evo on Evan and Tiki on the fan. But you're changing it. He's changing his voice. I know. you got to <laughs> give it your voice. Cinco de Evo on Evan and Tiki on the fan. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Hey, when we come back, I got bad news for Saquon Barkley. He's not the best free agent running back, and he may not be the second best free agent running back. Sports Radio 66, a fan, now, Throwback Thursday continues, Tiki, despite the fact that we are back on FM radio. So we had the two and a half hours of being exclusive to 660 and the Odyssey app. But we will fulfill our Throwback Thursday duties for the final hour of this program, including playing something that there's no way you've ever heard before. Because I had never heard this. Me. I think a lot of the audience had never heard this before. So, no, not just me, just everybody. Everybody. WFA and back in the day, and I'm talking way back in the day, had a commercial. That's right. A TV commercial. Now, we've had a few over the years. <laughs> really? I think uh, Joe and I were in one. Boomer and Clark was in one. Just local? local. Yeah, I think it was all, all local. But this one featured two names from the past that, unfortunately, we could not talk to today. One is Don Imus, who deserves a lot of credit for the, evo- uh, the evolution and, really, the elevating of WFAN when he came over with 660. Because prior to that, it was 10.50. Mm-hmm. And the other man is Pete Franklin, who did Afternoon Drive long before us. So, ladies and gentlemen, back into a time machine. 
a WFN commercial featuring those two legends. New York's most entertaining sports team has moved to 66 on your AM dial. I miss the morning WFAN. And if you don't know anything about sports, why don't you get off the radio? Oh, hi, Pete. Be oh, ranked on afternoons here at WFAN. Great, you don't know a pickoff from a kickoff, a bump from a punt. Don't mention the Jets. Oh, yeah, well, ask my close personal friend, Daryl uh, Raspberry. Raspberry and Strawberry Dump. You don't have to be a sports nut to enjoy New York's most entertaining sports team on the new Sports Radio 66 AM WFAN. That's awesome. You like that one? <laughs> That's funny. It's clearly a contrived ignorance. <laughs> but it's all good. <laughs> I like it. By the way, Tiki and I were in the bathroom together. And I know that's kind of awkward, but sometimes we like to go to the bathroom yeah. together. And and Tiki noticed these Band-Aids that were just hanging out in the bathroom. <laughs> but they're Jets and Mets. Jets and Mets. Now, and if there were also Yankees and Giants, or maybe some Islanders in there, Sean, <laughs> I, would have, I wouldn't have commented. I said, oh, somebody just brought... You know, band-aids yeah. of every sports team in the New York area. So I, but specifically because it was Jets and Mets, I had to ask you. Yeah, and I explained to him that that's, you know how someone comes around, and when that someone comes around, they always leave, like, presents. It's kind of like a dog pooing or, you, or a bird maybe pooing or something yeah. like that. Well, my dear friend and former partner, Craig Carton, and I want to explain why he was not invited on Throwback Thursday, because I have a reason for it, <laughs> by the way. I did not invite him. And not, I love the guy. Not old enough? Kind of, yes. <laughs> he leaves band-aids of sports teams when he's around somewhere. Why? Because he has an obscene amount of them. But Okay, so why does he have an obscene amount of them? And why does he feel the necessity to share? So he made a licensing agreement many years ago with a few of the professional leagues to sell band-aids of, like, the Mets, the Jets, and, like, teams in the leagues. Really? This is and like a business of his? It was a business of his, and I, I forgot what. I, I don't remember why it didn't work out or what the hell happened. But he now has, like, an obscene amount of these band-aids. So I had lunch with him a few weeks ago, and literally, he hands them to me at lunch. Like, here, here's some more uh, Band-Aids. Like, what the hell is <laughs> like going on? Like, one or two packs or like a box? A couple of boxes, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Now, here's my reason, and Sean disagreed with me, by the way, and I'm curious where you fall okay. on this to break the tie on why I love Craig. Craig was here yesterday. He was on with... Uh, Tiki and up, uh, Tiki. With uh, Sal and BT. I spoke to Robert Sala last night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, and this is a compliment I'm about to give him. Okay. I don't think of him as old school WFAN. Like, I, and this is where I'm was his first year with Boomer? It was 2007. It was right when I started. No, that's not old school. And I was retired by then, so it can't be old school. That's true. And also, I thought to his credit, he was a main reason why the sound of the station started to change. And I think he'll be the first to tell you that, by the way. No, <laughs> first, second, third, and fourth to tell but, you that. But I agree with that. Like, I think he deserves a lot of credit for the newer sound that the station has. And so he, on a throwback episode, and I'll give you a wrestling analogy, would be like, you know, Roman Reigns showing up on an old school Raw. Yeah, like, but he's still, he's still wrestling, so that's a bad example. So it would be he's like... He's still doing the show on Saturdays. <laughs> it would be, it'd be like The Rock. Would it be like The Rock? Like The Rock coming back is old school. But The Rock is not old school. Yeah. No, but the thing has changed. He was here pre-FM Signal, which I think is important. Evan, I think you're old school, too. Also, for somebody like me, high school, stuff like that, Boomer and Carton was our morning I, show. I agree that Boomer and Carton is like a generation of young <laughs> FM listeners. I'm saying when I think of Craig. He doesn't embody AM radio on WFAN. No, yeah. and, I, and honestly, I think it's a compliment to him. Now, there are many who did both. Yeah, I like, think... I think AM radio is the is the key word Correct. there. Like FM radio is different than AM radio. Right. Like we all we all know that. And Craig was not AM radio. That's right. He was for multiple years. Though. Okay. Guys, it's, for, no, 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 he, no, no. He actually was. Right. But I'm saying his sound was his style. Not. I right. think his style was I, not. I think I could sway you with this thought process. Go on. Our sister station, CBS 101.0 FM, the oldies. Right. Yeah. What do you guys consider oldies? I was listening to them last week. Return of the Mac came on. Great. Is that, of the that's an oldie? No, but it's yeah. not about time. It's about sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what? I got an idea on someone that can break the tie. Someone that's been around since almost the very beginning and also has been here sort of recently. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, our next surprise on Throwback Thursday. Sweeney Murdy.
Sweeney, how you been, pal? Speaking of Return of the Mac, what's up, Sweeney? <laughs> hey, first, first time, long time. How you doing? <laughs> when you think of Craig, don't you think of him more as like a new school than a throwback? Wouldn't you agree with well, me? Wh- what year did we add the FM signal? Two th- That's a good question. It was, I will say this. It was definitely after he had started, but it was early on. Because it was the same with me. I'd say it was like, either 11 or 12. Yeah, I'd say in that yeah, range. Well, well I'd, say, I'd say no for this reason, okay? Mm-hmm. Because if you're thinking about, you know, he took over for Imus, right? And if I'm using uh, – and let's leave an analogy that was closer to what I used to do here. If you're talking about Joe Girardi replacing Joe Torrey is – Joe Girardi old school or is Joe Torrey old school? Girardi kind of is because he played here, yeah. but he was part of the transition into the newer age, into the newer stadium. So I think you're kind of towing the line there. But if you had to pick an era where he was most, uh, where he made his biggest contributions, I would lean more towards the new school than the old school. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. By the way, how you been, pal? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. Uh, still get to listen to you guys every now and again as I'm out doing my thing. Um, I know you don't get to uh, see or hear me very much anymore, but I'm doing fine. I'm over at Major League Baseball. Yeah, tell us I'm, what you're doing, Sweeney. I mean, yeah, I know, I'm, I know, but maybe maybe some of our listeners don't know. What are you doing at MLB? Sure. Thank you. I um, I started MLB last March, so almost a year now. Um, I work mainly in the social media department. I'm part of a team that helps craft, create, um, and put out all the stuff that you see on MLB social handles on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything like that. Um, and we have a great team over there. Some guys who are really creative and, uh, I'm still, you know, I've still got my training wheels on, but we're, um, we're, we've got some really good content that we put out there all the time. Uh, and I'm dabbling in some other things there. Like I've, I've written a couple articles for MLB.com. Uh, I've got a really unique podcast project that has been slow to get off the ground. But once it does, I think, you know, I'd love to come on and talk to you guys about it because I think it's going to be really something that um, that is attractive to everybody. And uh, just, just some other things. You know, I, I lean towards more historical stuff, being one of the older guys uh, that we put out on social. So, like, MLB Vault is a little – is a mm. side account yeah. that – I enjoy putting out, you know, some older clips and and telling stories about, you know, this Hall of Famer and those kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, I'm um, like I said, I'm still kind of a newbie over there, but uh, uh, I've had an okay rookie year, and I, I think they're gonna, well, I think I'm gonna make the roster for year number two. Awesome, man. <laughs> and obviously, we'd love to have you back That's on. Great. But here's the question every Yankee fan wants to know right now: Who the hell are they adding in the rotation, Sweeney? <laughs> you know, it's funny now. I don't care. (laughs) No, and I say that because I'm consuming it like you guys are. I'm not out there trying to dig for it, you know? Like, I don't. I, I don't call sources and try to figure out who's signing where anymore. I'm just following it like you guys are. Um, I, I, I think Jordan Montgomery just makes a whole lot of sense, and I don't know if he's going to land here. Um, and, and it's funny listening to all the hangouts people have about trading him in the first place. And, and I remember trying to talk, you know, whether it's you guys or, or somebody else in the station, that just remember that when they traded him, they needed a center fielder more than they needed a starting pitcher. And it wasn't necessarily about, oh, this guy's not good enough for this or that. And I know that's how it was spun when they talked about the playoff rotation. But the real crux of it was they needed a center fielder more than they needed a starting pitcher. And it cost them a starting pitcher to get a center and, fielder. And you know what's funny? I didn't like the trade at the time, but in the postseason, in that brief little sample size, yeah. It kind of paid off for the Yankees because right. Bader was hitting. He was right. like the one of the only guys hitting during it that just, postseason. It just was nowhere near yeah. enough because yeah. they yeah. collectively had an OPS almost under 500. So it was it, it, they were yeah. bad in that postseason. So, even so, I guess, even so. I, you know, I I'm following it now more like you guys are, just kind of like looking around, and I, I kind of get to put my fan hat on. Yeah, uh, with in a lot of different ways, and I think you know, Tiki, you probably relate to this. Like I don't. You know, my, listen, my, my kids love the Yankees because that's what they grew up with, being around with me. Um, but I still kind of lean into the Phillies a little bit more now, because, especially because I know Rob Thompson and Kevin Long uh, from their Yankee days. And like like I say, like you can relate to, Tiki, I kind of root for people that right. I know throughout the league and root for them to succeed, right? No, that's and, exactly right. Especially because you, yeah. you get 
you get intimate with them in a in a in a, in a media yeah. coverage type way. You become so familiar yeah. that you develop a relationship, and so you want them to do good things, and you want success and, for them. And because of that, I can tell you that I you know. Uh, I rooted very hard for Willie Randolph, and I can bring that same for Carlos Mendoza because he is one of the guys I really enjoyed being around uh, the last couple of years that I was doing this, and he was on the Yankee coaching staff. I mean, just really smart, personable, passionate, just all the things you want. Um, if he doesn't succeed here, it's not going to be because it's, it, it's him. It's, there are a lot of factors, as we all know, that go into winning and losing. Uh, but he's somebody that I'm really rooting hard for. Uh, me too. <laughs> I hope he's yeah. fantastic. Sweeney, we appreciate it, man. Good to hear your voice again, and uh, we will definitely talk soon. Thank yeah. you, man. I just hey. followed the vault, by the way. Nice. Hey, <laughs> awesome. Thanks. For it. Follow MLB and MLB Vault and everything else, and uh, just keep your eye on MLB socials. And um, Like I said, it's a, it's a great group over there, and uh, uh, I thank them for uh, for bringing me on board and, and, uh, and letting me tag along. Awesome. Good thank stuff, you, Sweeney. The great Sweeney Murdy on this Throwback Thursday. By the way, coming up in a little bit, I am going to play to you, Tiki, and you tell me if you like it, mm-hmm. my favorite moment in the history of WFN. Does it involve you? It does not, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, I, you could have been part of something special. You never I'm, know. I don't know. <laughs> Just guessing. <laughs> I appreciate. Yeah, I would but, think that your favorite moment would be something involving you. No, I can. That is, if I did that, it's not selfish. It's that, reality, uh, right? My, my favorite moment is something involving Evan, right? What is? No, it's not. Yeah, you know, because I talked about this off. What's air. your favorite moment in WFN history? When you showed Joe the picture of Caitlyn Jenner and he called her Stella. She's uh, cute, bro. Oh, that's Bruce. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I think that was like as the show was wrapping up, too. Right. It was. It was. Yeah. Right. Do you want the f- orchestra. Do you yeah. want to find that clip and play it at some point? Or sure. No? Sure. sure and you can, can find it since you yeah. opened your mouth. What do you think Joe would not be thrilled about? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we do stay away. <laughs> you know what? If the Jets win the Super Bowl, we'll play that the Monday after. Right. He'll be in a good enough uh, No, my, I grew up listening to the radio station. Though, the clip that is my favorite was actually while I was working here, in fairness. So but it, it was wasn't not. You. It was not me. Oh, come on. It was you got to be more selfish, dude. What's your favorite moment at WFN? Something you did? Uh, I mean, I haven't been here that long. <laughs> I've been here for two, <laughs> seriously, I've been here for two years. Let me guess. Was it when Joe and you got into a fight? Was that your favorite moment? Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> it was when Spike and Chris told me that I was moving the afternoon drive. Uh, Go kiss ass. That <laughs> <laughs> BT's not listening. Right. It's like, I get to work with another nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that excited you. <laughs> by the way, dude. by the way, and this is for our buddy Saquon Barkley, who is a free agent at the end of the season. And we'll play those clips coming up at about 6 o'clock. So if you're tuning in and you're like, I need to hear the Evan's favorite moment in FA in history, and it does not involve me, we'll play it at 6, including some other classic moments on this throwback Thursday. And we welcome in the FM audience. Hope you enjoyed the Brooklyn Nets embarrassing themselves yet again. I didn't realize... That as Saquon Barkley enters free agency, and we've talked a little bit about, do the Giants tag him? Do they let him get to true free agency? Do they extend him before that? The free agent market of running backs is so good that I could certainly make the argument that going into next year, he's the third or fourth best running back out there. Like, Derrick Henry's coming off an 1,100-yard, 12-touchdown season. Mm -hmm. He is a free agent. DeAndre Swift is coming off a thousand yard season. And he's, he's 25. <laughs> and he's 25. He's a free agent. Devin Singletary has had a very solid year for the Houston Texans. He is a free agent. Austin Eckler, free agent. Tony Pollard, a thousand yards on the ground, free agent. Josh Jacobs, free agent. And there are more. But those are the names that jump out at me. And when you think about the amount of talent that's out there, I think, I don't know if you said this. I'm not, I don't yeah. know if I should say you're right, but maybe you are right. That Saquon Barkley is not going to have a robust market because there's so many options. Yeah. I, well, I said it differently. It was a different angle, but kind of the same conversation that Saquon's greatest value is with the Giants. Yes. Right? Like the team that could, and part of it is likely sentimental, emotional, because they he's been one of their best players over the last six years, and he's a lot of the fan base's favorite player, that he's going to be valued more here than he will elsewhere. Because a guy like, you mentioned him, Devin Singletary, who took over uh, down in Houston after Damian Pierce got hurt, actually fit that offense better, right. and he proved himself. And he's not old. He's 26 years old. And so it just feels like there's value 
everywhere in free agency and running backs. I mean, Josh Jacobs is not even 26 yet, right? and he got hurt. He was beat up a lot last year. The one thing that, that jumps out at me this year as opposed to last year, and I don't know the reason for this, but last year we had some like epic running back seasons. These guys were 13, 15, you know, 1600 yards rushing going into their, you know, tag years or prove it years type of in situations. This year, out of all these guys you mentioned and there's many more than that, there's only 3 of them that had 1000-yard seasons. That's it, only right? 3 of them. Yeah. Saquon didn't even have 1000 yards. I mean, he's close, but he didn't have a 1000-yard season. So, it's just like we talk about the devaluing of the position. And I hate using that term because I think when you have a great one, he is very valuable. But I feel like the use of the running back has diminished. And it's interesting because Mike Vrabel, who's unfortunately got fired, but I think he'll land somewhere pretty quickly. We ask him about the Derrick Henry. Like, how many? How do you get him the right touches? I mean, you could just feed him. And he said, you know what? We don't want to overtax him before the game means something. And so we're probably looking at five or so touches a quarter. And then if we get into the fourth quarter... Then you the, feed him. It, with the lead, then right. you feed him. Right, right. And so I, it's that's so, and like, it's so anti how I think of the running back. But to me, the running back was you, you feed him and you wear out the off the defense. You give him opportunities to get two yards, three yards, six yards, five yards, eight yards, 12 yards. You have, you know, 15 carries by halftime. Then he busts one and goes 60. Right? That That's how I view the running back. But the perception of the running back and the use of the running back has changed significantly in the last two or three years. And you wonder if any of those guys we mentioned is going to get some kind of massive contract. And I, I lean towards it. no. I don't think any of them would. Now, if I'm close, Derrick Henry is very interesting. I don't care how old he is. Because Derrick Henry continues to prove that maybe he's like you. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's like Curtis and that he can defy age. Yeah, I mean, he's 30 years old and he's got a ton of wear and tear on him. But he just showed you this year... He can still go. Yeah. He can still play. I mean, he had one rough season, but it was after his statistically greatest season. Um, when he had 2,000 yards rushing uh, in 20, that was 2020. That was the pandemic year. And then he got hurt the next right. year. He only played eight games. I thought he was but, done at that point, honestly. Right. But in those eight games, Ev, he rushed for 900 yards. Yeah, but not staying on the field yeah. is a part of uh-oh. Agreed. Agreed. But he came back. He did, yeah. The next, to your point. At, the, at 29 and rushed for 1,500 yards. I'm trying to be logical about this. If Saquon Barkley isn't a New York Giant, I think it's because they don't want to be together anymore mm-hmm. because he's not breaking the bank. He's not. So, yeah, the Giants could franchise tag him and end this whole thing. The more I look at the free agent market, the more I'd say it's not even worth doing that. Yeah. Just dare him. Just dare him into free agency and then, like, look, it's possible Saquon Barkley gets to free agency and says, you know what? I'm done here. I want to win. I don't trust this organization because I've gone through, you know, how many different head coaches, how many different coordinators. Like, ah, screw it. I've had one good season here. I'm going to leave. And I think we'd all understand that. We'd respect that. Yeah. Uh, or the Giants could say, you know what? We don't want to invest anything financially in a running back. But if he's not a New York Giant, it's going to be because they just broke up. Like, it's not even going to be one team gave him a contract that's so crazy because he's not getting a crazy contract looking at who's out there in free agency. I don't think anyone's getting a big-time contract, but if anyone is, I don't think it's him, which is – it's nuts to think about. So I'm kind of reevaluating where how I think things end with Saquon. I'm no longer convinced he's getting tagged because it wouldn't make any sense to tag him. No, no. It'd be a, it'd be a waste of, of, the, of, the, of the financial – like leverage that you have because that number might not even get to that in free agency. I don't think it will, right? Right. right. The numbers for him is will be 12. Right. You're almost better off signing him to a two, three year deal and right. keeping it because you'd probably be less Which than is, the tag. By anyway. the way, what I said, right? Do a two year yeah. or two or three year deal, make the number look interesting, but we always know that those in big numbers are actually just two year deals and the guarantee is, is much less than, than the total number. So if you want to move on after a couple of years, you can move on. It's no, it's no different than the Daniel Jones contract. It just instead of being four years, it'd be three years because that's that's what the market is for running back. Probably yeah. both. Get you out won't you won't see six year deals for running backs. It's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Now it comes down to does he want to come back? 
Yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley going to want to play here because what are the, what are the expectations going to be for the 2024 New York Giants? Yeah, quarterback uncertainty, offensive lines not. I mean, maybe they fix it, but even if they do, we're not going to know until September. I mean, like, let's just say this: the, the, the expectation could still be eight nine wins. They were three plays away from nine wins right. one year no, ago, and I agree, but it's not. It's not 12-13 wins. No, but he may get that opportunity elsewhere. But he might get 12-13 win opportunity elsewhere. He ain't getting it for a big paycheck over a long-term deal. Yeah, Yeah, but he's not getting a big paycheck anywhere. Okay, but that's different. If he gets a big paycheck where they're not willing to meet, it will not be with a team that close to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, I I just think that there's so many guys in the marketplace, like Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, Devin Singletary, that... Gus Edwards is in there. Yeah. Like, there's just so many guys out there that... Unfortunately, running backs could have meetings all they want about getting paid more. That's not going to change anything. I think, unfortunately, what changes things is you need to be so good at this position. The way Christian McCaffrey is. Yeah. I mean, he's the only guy. Well, you got to be a difference maker in multiple ways. You know, it's it's because that's where it's going. And you see it with Christian McCaffrey. You see it with Bijan Robinson down in in, um, in Atlanta. Who, who does it? Who's a do everything back? Devin Singletary did it a little bit. Like you're starting to see, if you can't be also a wide receiver, meaning we can line you up, right. not, not as a running back, and you motion out, and you're just out there as a decoy looking stupid, right? But you're actually running routes. If you can't do that, you're not getting paid. No, that's why Christian McCaffrey is valuable because he can do all of that. No, you are right. Let's go to Joe and Wappinger Falls. What's up, Joe? Hey, John. How are you today? Good, What's up, Joe. I want to bring up a Giants point, but before I do that, I, I know you got to get old school all day, and I'm just getting in the car, so I missed this. I'm sure you talked about the old callers back in the yeah. day. Yeah. Evan, Evan, did you ever have the pleasure of a Jerome phone call? I did in a weird way. So early on when I was doing middays with Joe, he called in. But I'm also like, I knew my role. I knew my place. Who the hell am I? Yeah. I'm learning. I'm working with this legend. So I almost watched the phone call unfold, <laughs> and I watched Joe interact with him. So he called, but it wasn't like, hey, Joe, like I wasn't provoking him. I was almost watching. I was almost listening, like, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. He's awesome. <laughs> and so that would be my one experience with Jerome. I don't even remember specifically what he was complaining about, but I can guess but it was, was, was Brian Was always a complainer? Like, every yes. call was complaining. Yeah, he There was, was never any, like, oh, this was awesome. No. We had a great win. I, it was amazing. Was he, have you ever had a caller call and go, I just want to compliment every general manager and coach in this area? <laughs> I mean, he could compliment a player. I, he could compliment a circ- situation, a, I, a win. I don't know. I couldn't find the clip. Like, I found a lot of clips in preparation of Throwback Thursday, but this clip I could not find. He called, I think it was Beningo, in the overnight, the day the New York Yankees won the 1996 World Series. And started complaining about they got to resign Jimmy Key. <laughs> and I wish I had it because I think it was Joe who was like incredulous, like, bro, you just, I mean, you just won the World Series. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> but I could not find that clip. But I found other clips. Mm. In fact, this clip we should play for you right now features a man who joined us earlier on in the show. This is not my favorite clip in FA in history, but it's up there. Like, it would be on the Mount Rushmore of favorite clips in the history of WFAN. Oh, so top four. It involves Christopher Mad Dog Russo. If you have the Odyssey app, you could rewind. Chris joined us at about 2.20 earlier today. Mm -hmm. And he did mention, while talking to us, that one of his regrets, I don't even know if regret's the right word, is that he missed out on being on this radio station when his beloved San Francisco Giants won the World Series. He wasn't. He was on Sirius. I remember tuning in that day to hear what Dog would say after his Giants finally won a World Series. But one of the best moments ever was actually after the Giants lost in the divisional series to the then Florida Marlins. And him and Mike were on the air, and they were talking about it. And he was getting worked up and worked up and worked up. And ladies and gentlemen, we present to you, if you've never heard this before, Christopher Mad Dog Russo losing his mind talking about his beloved San Francisco Giants. I mean, why waste my time? Every single freaking year, I get myself juiced up with this stupid team, and at 43 years of age and three kids, enough already. Let them go hurt somebody else. I mean, how many, when am I ever going to have a chance to win a lousy freaking champion? What time? Not 20. One lousy time. Jay Wes. Every single big that GD. 
Every single time! Ah, come on, will you please? Can you beat the Florida ball at one time? Four straight losses in that ballpark, not to mention Bush Stadium in 87, not to mention 93-12-1. Last year, they spit it up! Every single time! The game in Ridley Field, nobody beats the Cubs, we can't beat them in 98! Nobody beats them, we stink! The Mets, the lousy Mets did it to us! Gosh, every time! And never win! Every year I'm sitting there, and I've been there October 26th, and they're being dusty to annoy me. I've been there October 26th, and the Yankees be parading down the Canyon of Hills with their 27th championship, and I'm out again! Every, I don't care how many books I write, how many kids I have, how many Marconis, I don't care! Mike can put me on that show forever. I don't care. Win one. I'll give it all back. I'll leave now. One, that's all I want is one. Oh, no. I'll leave. I swear I'll leave. I'll quit. Must you get me happy? I'll leave one time. Once. I'll get out of here forever. You'll never see me again. Let me win once. Once. I'm getting on 43 years of age. I'm not getting any younger. I'm not as old as Mike, but I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> okay, out of my system. Now we're going to trade them all our players. We can get rid of them that easy. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to send them five or six bombers next year. We're going to send them Jeter, Bernie, and about four other Give guys. Give Mike credit, though. And Rivera. Give Mike credit because I caught him Saturday. He knew I was dying. And he let me vent. Today, he knew I was dying. He laid low. I give you credit. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll come back. <laughs> Yankee fans. Wow. Let me tell you. You just got your pound of flesh. All right. <laughs> Yeah, Mike let him talk. He was very happy about that. <laughs> I, I I understand. He's 43 in that clip. Goodbye, SNY. 43. That makes me sick. You know why that makes me sick? Why? I'm 40. And Dog was talking about one team, the San Francisco Giants, who eventually rewarded him. They won three championships. Yes, every and other I, year. And I think to myself, I'm 40. I got three teams I passionately root for. The Islanders... I'm an Islander fan, but it wouldn't be the same. I, I always admit mm, that. You're not passionately. I'm not. No, that's why yeah. I say, like, them winning a cup, I'd be happy I'm a fan, but it's not right. It's not the same. I, I would never lie about right. that. And I look at those three teams, and I'm like, holy crap. I'm going to go over three. Like, that clip scares well, me. In your life, you've got to go over three? It's in terms of teams winning championships, Come yes. Come on. Now, I can't agree that I give it all back. That's... I'm not giving my kids back. Yeah. I'm not giving you know, life back or my wife back. I'm not going that far. And by the way, one thing we've learned about Dog is he'll say something. He doesn't actually mean that, obviously. But I think I'm going to go over three in my life. I think I'm going to die, and the Nets, there's Jets, no and Mets will never win anything. There's no chance that that's happening. No oh, chance. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? There's no chance. No chance. In your life. Have you seen the Nets? You're 40 years old. So 40 years, the Nets, oh, maybe not the Nets, but the Jets. Oh, maybe. Tiki, 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 I want you to think about this for a second. Right. The basketball team just had Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, right. and they couldn't win. Right. The oh. football team just had Aaron Rodgers, okay. and he played four snaps. Right. The baseball team signed Scherzer, Verlander, and had the highest payroll in baseball. Right. Like, if none of those teams could win in those circumstances, what makes you sit here on January 11th, 2024, and think, Ah, you'll get one. So, first of all, I was excluding the Nets as a potential. Oh, thanks. So, you missed it because you cut The Nets off. still in the league? Exactly. I was excluding the Nets. But you got to believe the Jets, who are finally trying to do something profound. When was the last time they did something profound as opposed to, I mean, I'm not talking about drafting a first-round quarterback who you think is going to make it in New York or who didn't play really that much in college, but all of a sudden he's going to come to the hardest city to perform in and be a superstar? Makes no damn sense how they've drafted quarterbacks over the years. But I do think that they're getting smart. They're saying to hell with it. Let's just throw it all into the wind, right? Woody is getting smart. If we can't draft a quarterback, let's just go get the best one available. I give him credit for that. Didn't work out this year because Aaron got hurt, but they've drafted well defensively, and they have a quarterback. And the Mets have apparently the richest owner in baseball. Yeah, where's that got them? Nothing yet, okay. but eventually it should bring you something, especially with Prudence being brought in with David Stearns. And so it's okay. spending money wisely, okay. not spending money emotionally. Right. You know, Steve Cohen's great, great owner, a great businessman, we want to say. Yeah. I. <laughs> He got really ahead of himself thinking he could buy himself a championship. Tiki, tiki. The Mets found a way to lose to the Kansas City stinking Royals. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That was, that was, why are you bringing up old stuff? Well, <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. He first of all, the whole day is old. Don't bring school. up old stuff. <laughs> Don't bring up the old stuff. I, I, you have to believe at some point that Steve Cohen figures this out. 
You have to believe all that. Right, right. So how can you say when you die at 89 that you're not going to see a championship? I don't think I am. I'm halfway there, dude. I'm 40. 89? Have you seen his man breast? <laughs> First of all, I'd sign for 89, but I hope you're right, bro. I really do. Now yeah, I gotta talk you off your own ledge. Well, I'm a loser. Dog almost talked me onto the ledge, thinking back and hearing that passion from 20 years ago. But now, I present to you my favorite moment in the history of WFAN. Mm. You want it right now, Lugie? Or do you want to make the people wait? It's up to you. I think we can do it right now, ladies and gentlemen. I thought long and hard about this. There's so many great moments from this station, but there's nothing that makes me laugh on a consistent basis. More than this phone call that was made to my dear friend, who I did reach out to, and we had a nice conversation, but he doesn't do radio interviews, I guess is what he told me. Sid Rosenberg? <laughs> I love Sid. Oh, I, I should have done Oh, my God. We forgot to call Sid. Oh, Mike Francesa, legend at this radio station, was a part of my favorite moment in the history of WFAN. Tiki, have you ever heard... When a caller asked him about the Giants. I've the- heard about this, but I don't think I've heard it. Buckle up to the greatest conversation in the history of WFM. Dan in Warwick, what's up, Dan? Uh, hey, Mike. Uh, I just got a, uh, a question about the Giants. Uh, in your years of experience, have you ever seen uh, you know this, how the San Francisco Giants were once the New York Giants? Has there ever been either a franchise to franchise or maybe even player to player get together when San Francisco comes to New York? Like, do they ever say hi? Maybe, uh, I don't know, go out to dinner or something? Uh, oh, I don't know what, is, what are you talking about. Is there ever any interaction when the San Francisco Giants come to New York or vice versa? The San Francisco like, Giants come to New York and do what? Have a game. Uh, you know, play they, with ever, the, like, they play against the Mets. And what do you want to happen now? Did the, did the New York Giants ever reach out to them, either the players or the franchise? The football you know, they, Giants? Yeah, the football Giants. Well, what is the co- connection between the San Francisco Giants and the football Giants? Well, they used to be in New York, and they got the same name. But they have they have nothing to do with each other, though. There's no connection. Not, they have different ownership. They, there's no connection between the two teams. I mean, there's no connection in any way between the two teams. They have no relationship. Do you think because they're giants, they're like brothers or something? That might be the weirdest question I got in a long time. I mean, that might, and and I think that's an honest question. That might be the strangest question I got in a really long time. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they have the giant picnic. Uh, they hold it over in, in Totowa, I think it is. Uh, and then they have the the giant relay race and the giant raffle. And then they all get together for the giant breakfast the next morning, and then they go their separate ways. It is true. It's a, it's a July weekend every year when it happens. Yeah, and then the Rangers in Texas and the New York Rangers have the same thing. They meet usually in Abilene and have that in August every year. Lundquist is, is particularly close to you, Darvish. They, uh, as a matter of fact, there's a kinship there between the two of them. Here's the McMahon. Oh, nice. Oh, he got it at the end. <laughs> he is a McMahon. At the end, he figured it. He, he flipped it. Well, that's the, the that is the, amazing. The beauty of that phone call, and I, I'm I'm crying. I have like tears down my eyes because I've heard this a hundred times. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this, and every time I lose my freaking mind with Mike's dismissal of the absurdity into finally him playing <laughs> along. Yeah, so Longquist and you, Dolphish, are very close. <laughs> Eagle and the Grom, they hang out now too. Yeah, just. That's my favorite moment in the history it's of so WFN. He's like mumbling to grasp it. Uh, I don't understand. <laughs> and then, of course, the exclamation point. Here's the mink, man. <laughs> so that, for my money, is the greatest moment in the history of WFA. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 